This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen, DAD, and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? I'm doing great. Of course, I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, I mean, you (laughs) made it sound like you're not doing great. Yeah, you made it sound like you're not doing great right now. I'm doing great. (laughs) And maybe that's because you woke up about 15 minutes before this show is about to start. Maybe it could have been something else. I, I haven't had breakfast yet. I don't Neither function well without breakfast. I didn't have breakfast this morning either. It's depressing. It is depressing, isn't it? But that's because I kind of had to lay in. Like my wife let me sleep in a little bit today. She took the kid downstairs and just let me like just sleep in a little bit because I've had some early starts this week because of the uh, the train strikes we've got going on in the UK. And I'm about to drive into work extra early to avoid all the commuter traffic. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was happening. Okay. Yeah, it was. I was someone messaging about it on Quizzlemania. You asked me to explain what it was, and I tried to, but you were you basically moved on to something else, and someone else talked over me. How sad! That is so mean. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Sorry, Luke. That's fine. I mean, you asked me the question and then didn't wait for the response. What did I do? You just. I think Will started saying something. She just started talking to Will instead. And then I was oh. like, "Yeah, so here's the situation. Here, yeah, so here's the situation." And you just moved on. <laughs> so technically, you should be upset. You should be upset that your limelight was stolen. Oh, it's fine. I got plenty of time to shine on there. I made the best plate. I my my brand and color plate was the best one. It was great. I love that plate. It had so much personality. It was better than my lucha mask, which was less good. Wait, what? My lucha mask that I had to do with the bog roll. That was not good at all. Oh, that was horrifying. That was <laughs> yeah, horrifying, Luke. I hated your lucha mask. I, I, I didn't realize it until I finished the show, but I went into the bathroom to like uh, to wash up and stuff. I had pen on my face. 
like where I was trying to draw on the toilet roll, I had green pen like around my hairline and I had red around my lips. Oh my God. That's amazing. I figured that was bound to happen. And you know, I'd never like tried that before. It was just a concept that I came so up with hard. and I was like, I'm going to roll with it. Oh, it's so difficult. It just breaks. Yeah. It just snaps so easily. Uh, yeah. Anyway, right. We're going to get into the main portion of this show here. Um, and we are talking about AEW and New Japan's Forbidden Door. My camera is frozen. Here is the show. actually we haven't been able to talk about this show like because this show Jesus, was, announced. was the show even a thing when you and i talked this show was not even a thing the last time you and i did a show together so i haven't had a conversation with you about forbidden door so denise it's it's this sunday it's two days away are you excited for forbidden door you know what? I'm not going to be a negative Nancy. I'm excited for the show. And I'll tell you why I'm excited for the show. Like, okay. So I'm personally ex excited for like, maybe not like the entire card, but I do feel like, even though there aren't like, you know, any dream matches on there. And I know a lot of people have already argued this. I'm, I'm excited just because I still feel like there are some matches on here that are going to be really good. And especially going into a pay-per-view where like the talent knows that certain expectations haven't been met in terms of the card. I think they're going to go out there with like a chip on their shoulders and make sure that they do an even better job just to kind of like prove the people wrong. And I'm like, okay, we haven't had like a bad AEW pay-per-view that I can like really, like, we haven't had a, a pay-per-view that's been like, you know, with a bunch of bad matches from AEW. So because of that, I don't feel like they've given me yet a reason to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to look forward to the show. And then on top of that, uh, on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday, I, I do feel like some of the matches that they added kind of added more to the show. And also, you got to stop and think about how, like, they're working against all of these injuries. And even yesterday, I did my Forbidden Door prediction show. And then two hours later, there was, like, another injury. And I'm like, how the hell is my Forbidden show uh, prediction show already outdated for one match? Why? Because there was an unexpected injury. So I'm thinking, you know, like, come on, like. You got to think about all these injuries and things that happen. And, you know, we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean, it's just so much that I feel like uh, even if some people aren't excited about the show, I still feel like there's a lot of good potential to be had. I, I agree with you because I think it's a, a great card. It is not the dream card that we all thought it was going to be. Like we don't have um, but, but the part of that is because, as you mentioned, Punk's injured. Danielson's injured. Adam Cole, we thought Adam Cole was going to be injured and was going to be on the card. Um, Kenny Omega is still out. And there are some names over from New Japan that we don't have. We don't have a Kota Ibushi. We don't have a Naito. We don't have uh, Kenta. We don't have Kushida who just returns. So there's like all these big names that aren't missing, that are missing from this. And like, you know, Ollie's been making this point. It's like Will Ospreay is one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet, if not one of, you know, if not the best wrestler on the planet. And he is in what is kind of a comedy match with Orange Cassidy. Now, I think that is going to be a banging match. I think that is going to be like probably the match of the night because I think those two are going to go out there and absolutely kill it. But also, like, if you were booking out a 
New Japan versus AEW card, would Orange Cassidy have been your first pick for a Will Ospreay match? Probably not. But I kind of like it because it's not the match that I was expecting. So I kind of like that they're giving me a dream match I didn't know I actually wanted. So I, I appreciate it from that aspect of it. I think the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about this as a, as a title for this podcast and a title for, for this show is because yesterday i was just seeing like we had quite a few comments from people being like i'm not into this show i'm, I'm actually i'm not bothered by this i'm an aew fan but this is going to be the first aew pay-per-view i don't buy because i don't really care about new japan pro wrestling and Meltzer kind of talked about this in the observer being like that interest in this show has dipped off since its original announcement which we'll go into in just a little bit but yeah for, like for me personally i think it's it's still a really good card and i think this is going to be a great pay-per-view I think what also hurt this show on top of the lack of dream matches, on, on top of the lack of big names, et cetera, I think what also hurt this show is that the fans, I feel, and I, I feel like the reason why I say this is because I kind of feel this way. And um, I know that the card was supposed to be entirely different. I know this, right? But because the match announcements came so late, when you have like, uh, you know, the two weeks before the pay-per-view and you only know one or two matches that's not a good thing you kind of feel like things are being put together sporadically like out of nowhere right and even though that may not be the case even though they may have already had all these plans and you know things to do which i'm sure they did uh because we got the match announcement so late it almost feels like almost like we were cheated you know like we know the the reasons why we we mentioned the injuries and all of that but because the announcements came so late it almost feels like they were put so late even though they weren't technically at least some of these matches because the announcements came to to just too late i feel like that kind of sucked a lot out of it I agree with you there because like, you know, the, the fatal four way that we've got for the IWGP championship was what it wasn't even announced in that segment. It was announced later on in the show. Like they did the setup for it. And then later on was like, by the way, this is the match towards the very end of dynamite. They were like, this is the big IWGP championship match. And I think some of that comes down to, they weren't sure if they were going to get a Carter because a Carter, he said that his wife is, is her birthday over that weekend. So there was every chance that he wasn't going to be at that show. And I don't think if new Japan themselves knew whether they were going to have the the belt on him or they were gonna have the belt on jay white so i think there was all those sorts of things working against it in some way but kind of like Meltzer writes in the observer and i do agree with him in some aspects shingo takagi was announced for this show and like hiromu takahashi was announced for this show as throwaway names by sting and darby allen just being like oh and by the way our partners are going to be uh hiromu and shingo like they don't even like use their full names they just said like they just killed them by their first names I didn't even catch that segment. You know, that's <laughs> terrible. I was, I don't know what I was doing. I think I was on Twitter or something, you know, got a million things going on. And I was like, okay, they're just going to say something like, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, I, I don't have to pay attention to, right? Whatever. So I was doing God knows what, right? And then all of a sudden I go on Twitter and someone put like, oh, this match announcement has been made. And I'm like, what the hell they announced this? I was like, <laughs> I've been watching the show. I I missed that match announcement. It wasn't until afterwards when they ran down everything where I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. You know? know yeah. The dudes with attitudes, as uh, some people say, is quite cringy. I think it's a nice little throwback. It's a um, nice throwback for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So here is what Meltzer wrote about this in The Observer. So there's quite a lot to dive into here. So uh, apologies if I stumble over my words, but I will try and get through this. The key aspect of this show are that usual, are the usual AEW fan base, uh, will they buy a pay-per-view just four weeks after the previous one, since the usual gap is several months? 
Another big question is the intrigue of seeing New Japan's biggest stars mix it up with AEW stars for one night, essentially seeing the type of matches you normally wouldn't see. Is that a positive for a show or a detriment? So many of the talent on the show are rarely seen on AEW television, if at all, and many for no more than a few weeks. Plus, the real dream match that people wanted to see, whether it's Kenny Omega against Kota Ibushi or Kazuchika Ricada or Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., didn't happen due to the injuries. So that is kind of what I was referencing earlier with the guy who messaged yesterday being like, I'm an AEW fan and I want to buy an AEW pay-per-view. I'm not going to be buying this pay-per-view. Like, where do you where do you fall on this? See, like, I, I honestly think if there would have been, like, all... It, it, it's... <sighs> Damn, I don't know how else to say this, but I feel the online community, I think, also has an impact on this. Because if there are people that may be on the fence, let's say they're just AEW fans, right? And they're not New Japan fans. But let's say every like, let's say this card was better, right? And everybody was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for this show. It's going to be so crazy. I think that the people that probably don't see that would have been like oh well you know what everybody's really excited about the show so you know what i'm gonna be excited about the show you know they're excited i'm excited it's a general consensus right but i do think when you have uh, when it feels like the 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 the, i don't know if this is a minority or a majority but when you have a, a chunk of people basically saying like oh this does not look good then everybody's gonna be like well the people that were on the fence the ones that are on the fence are gonna be like well in that case if people are saying it's not that good and you know they're they probably know a little bit more. You know what? I'm not going to probably check out this pay-per-view. So I do think there, well, not everybody thinks that way. There might be a selective few that might be like, well, nobody's saying this show's really a big deal. So do I have to really go spend $50? Because that's expensive. $50 for the show. Um, and I Four did have like- after spending $50 for another show. Right, right. And I, you know, I, on my post show, I did have somebody saying the exact same thing too, the way that you were saying where they were like, okay, well, I don't know if I should go out and, you know, buy this show. And personally for me, I feel like it depends on the person. I feel like I cannot make a decision for everybody and be like, yeah, go buy the show. Because for me, there are still certain matches on this card where I'm like, if, if let's say I wasn't covering this for a living, I would still buy the pay-per-view because there's certain matches that I want to see. And on top of that, um, it's also the in-between stuff. What's going to happen in between matches? What's going to be the storylines that we get here between AEW and New Japan? Uh, so a lot of the in-between stuff, I want to see what's going to happen. Uh, how are they going to work together? You know, I want to see all of that, you know, everything that encompasses the show. That's what would make me still tune in and buy the actual show but for a lot of people this isn't worth it you know i have friends that look at that you know are uh you know that are big new japan fans and my friends are like no this isn't for me like this is not what i want and it goes both ways it goes both ways for the new japan fans it goes both ways for the AEW fans etc and you know i listen to that i'm like okay well if you feel this way then there you probably have a reason to feel that way and so i really do think that it depends on the person and whether or not they see uh their time and investment in this pay-per-view or not and I, I think part of that all well comes down to the fact that you mentioned that some of the matches have been kind of late but you know lately like late announced right i think some people could make the argument as well that some of them have been that well booked like i don't you know will osprey's had three matches in AEW. he's lost two of them like that is but that's a will osprey thing right like will osprey has united empire to take pinfalls for him so he can get losses but he's not the one that takes the pinfalls but the whole point of aussie open is the whole point of having the greater Khan with you and, and things like that right but also like you know melter made this point like his debut match him and aussie open they lost 
and they lost to the best friends. And it's like, yeah, cool. It's, you know, best friends are great and everything, but they are not top level AEW talents. So you've already introduced this guy. If you're not familiar with Will Ospreay, you're already establishing Anna's, but he's a guy that doesn't, he doesn't even beat the top guys here. Right. I see what they mean by that. And I feel like you can, I feel like you can argue both ways. So for me, it's like, I think that didn't hurt me too much because it's like, I've seen Will Ospreay's prior work. So him taking him not winning in this AEW Dynamite debut wasn't necessarily going to be a deal breaker for me. But I can see why people were like, what the frick? Like he lost in, you know, their debut match. Like, and what he, the and hell? He feel, and he does like apparently he's this special guy, but he doesn't feel very special. Like, if this is your first exposure to him, he doesn't feel like a very special talent. And there's a lot of people that this is their first exposure. Like, I feel like we can't always assume that every single wrestling fan watches every single little thing. Like, we cannot assume that. Like, we cannot. Like, I feel like a lot of the time we go in with this assumption that, like, everybody knows everything because there is a huge chunk of the fan base that is fully aware of pretty much everything. But I do think that, yeah, we can't make that assumption. So, um, for me, like, it didn't impact me too much, but I totally understand why it may have impacted for other people. Just to clarify there, because someone's saying that I'm not calling Orange Cassidy upcard talents. I'm saying the best friends unavocado talent so that's like that's trends and chucky e. t orange cassidy 100 but the tag team that they lost to was it uh, was cassidy was not involved in that match and you know i think that a lot of people or maybe a little bit more people like i wasn't upset with the announcement of will osprey and orange cassidy and i'll you tell know. you why i wasn't upset with it i thought it was very like i know we haven't seen you know orange cassidy in a bit but the reason why I personally wasn't upset with it was because okay i know what orange cassidy can do you know we've seen him in these phenomenal matches before my, my favorite one being that triple threat with Pac and Kenny Omega. And that one was really the one where I think I started to see orange Cassidy in a different light. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, he was gone there. You know, he's a very popular AW talent. When you think mm -hmm. of popular AW talents, you think Darby Allen, you know, uh, you, you think, uh, you know, orange Cassidy is going to be one of those names that pops up. He's the guy that, you know, does great YouTube numbers for them, etc. right? You know, the fans get all, even if he's not on a show, you'll see a hundred orange Cassidy's in the crowd. So I'm like, okay, this is an AW guy. Like this is an AW guy that has at least made some sort of impact on the fan base. So for me, I'm like, okay, why wouldn't AEW want to put somebody that they know uh, that the that their fans like and you know that can you know put on a pretty decent match with Will Ospreay? So that's the reason why. Like, he, would Orange Cassidy have been my first pick? No. Would he maybe have been my third or my fifth? Probably not. But I feel like him being named an option or named the opponent for Will Ospreay was not necessarily like a huge deal breaker for me. Because yeah. I started thinking, okay, I see why AEW would put him in this position. Uh, I see two different reasons why they would put him in this position. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, a couple of other things I wanted to mention here from The Observer, because I found this to be quite interesting. Because this is kind of like the, you know, the show being announced and there being a lot of buzz about it. And then a few weeks later, like even looking at our own YouTube numbers, the shows that we did around like the show being announced what did way bigger numbers than the shows we have done since so like the the first week when they announced the show like really big youtube numbers for us yesterday's dynamite review with a carter debuting about 20 25 000 less 
than what like the 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 first video did. So that's almost doing like double the numbers. So I think there's a, a an actual trend of of interest go of decreasing. But here's what Meltzer wrote. What we do know is when the show was announced, tickets sold out instantly. There were 15,462 tickets sold at press time. It will most likely, aside from the Arthur Ashe Stadium show, be the largest crowd for an AEW event in history and the second largest gate behind the recent Double or Nothing in Vegas. There were tons turned away in line to purchase tickets when it sold out. But in recent weeks, the brand has changed at a level that cannot be ignored. Because the show appealed more to a flight-in market, airline prices being way up and not in the local market, the late demand was entirely different from when WWE produced Hell in a Cell in the same market, which drew huge late interest. Coming into the show, the get-in price was at times over $100. For this show, at press time, the scalpers can't unload the inventory, and the get-in price is 7 bucks, one of the lowest for the show in, in the last few years. With the secondary market so low, it will be hard to sell full price tickets, and they've added more than 2,000 extra tickets with less than optimal viewing that could put in excess of 17,000 tickets in. But tickets really haven't moved at all in recent weeks with the lack of local market late interest, and a lot of which could be CM Punk selling out Chicago tickets who wanted to see them go. And also there'll be people like Danielson's not on the show. Meg's not on the show. MJF's not on the show. Like it's the secondary market for this is not as strong as it has been late interest for other AEW shows. The $7 tickets for that's what they're selling them right now on this on like the scalpers. Apparently so that's what Meltzer is saying. You can, you can pick up tickets to get into Forbidden Door for seven bucks. Are they the, I wonder if they're the ones that are behind, the ones that they recently released that are like limited viewing. Because well, AW released an entire section, like I'm talking ten, like ten sections where it's all limited viewing, and I think the tickets on their website were like thirty five dollars or somewhere around there. And at first, I was like, "Oh wow, thirty five dollars! I could do thirty five dollars." But then I looked and I was like, "Oh, these are behind the stage. These are like yeah. limited viewing. I don't think I would pay for that." I, I mean, it depends I've, on the I've person, been, right? I've been to shows. Uh... I've been to shows where there are tickets like that. Like I've been to shows, uh, I've been to a raw taping where I've basically been sat behind the Titan Tron. And like, so like when you're what, you know, when they show video clips on the Titan Tron, I was just watching those in reverse because I was just seeing the other side of the screen showing it. When I went to Royal Quest, the New Japan show they did in London, I was essentially behind the stage. I was seeing the wrestlers walking up like, before they went out to the entrance, I was seeing yeah. them just walking up backstage to get to the entrance way. Like, I'll get to, like, the side, but once I can't see the stage anymore, it, it takes away from the show aspect of things. Like, I'm going to the live event. I want to see the stage. I want to see everything. I mean, in that case, I might as well just stay home, right? It, it, it's a different experience. So I personally wouldn't sit behind the stage. I forgot what WrestleMania it was. Um, frick, was it 32? Was that Dallas? That was Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay, I was there for that. I can't even remember. But anyways, I sat like, okay, so I don't know if you remember, but it was like the stage and on top of the stage, they had people. I sat there and it was great to see the matches and everything, but I couldn't see the actual stage. I could see the wrestlers come out and do their entrance, but I couldn't see the actual stage. And I didn't really like that. It, it was not very good for me. Like, even though I could see the matches perfectly, that was perfectly fine. I just didn't like not being able to see the stage. Like, I felt a little bit cheated. Yeah. But, um, I mean, aside from that, and it was also kind of scary, too, because I was, like, behind the fireworks. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> my face is going to burn off, you know, something like that. 
I, mean, I was like, terrified in that arena, by the way. I don't know why. Like, I just thought it was so scary to me. Like, when they did the fireworks on the outside, it just sounded so ugly. And, like, I just, I don't know. I think it was because there were so many people in that building, and I was just, like, one of, like, many. I don't like that feeling. And it was funny because I was freaked. I was kind of having, like, an internal freakout session. And my fiancé was like, Denise, like, this is, this, this building is, like, millions of dollars or billions. I don't even remember how much he was like you're fine you're not gonna die right now (laughs) and i'm like are you sure about that because what if the i'm like what if the fireworks they explode the building and this (laughs) mad like that's my internal thinking like either when i'm sitting all the way at the top for press i'm like this is it i'm gonna die of vertigo like this it's a i have a horrible horrible like i don't like to be at the top like barclay center nearly killed me it was horrifying luke i was sitting there and i had to hold on to the seat because anytime people stood up i'm like that's it they're gonna fall and they're gonna die and that's it and i'm gonna have to witness it and my fiance was like hey denise i'm gonna go get snacks i was like no don't get snacks because you're gonna have to stand up i hated it so i don't like being on top and i also don't have this horrible thing luke so this kills me at all the live events even if i'm sitting at the bottom like even if i got good seats and stuff right I can't look up. I don't know what it is. If I look up and I see like the ceiling of these buildings, everything starts spinning. It's horrible. (laughs) So I'm not having the greatest time. (laughs) I have to focus like on just like the center. I, I just had to get used to these sort of things because when I go to like uh press, like if you get invited to you know, like a, as a member of the press, you do just get put up in the cheap seats. Like they don't tend to put you in nice places. They just put you in the cheap seats. It depends. I mean, when I did Hello Wembley for Progress, I was right up at the tippity top. Like I was, I could touch the back wall. I could see, I could see the lads in production. Okay, hold on. WWE only sits you at the top when they have the, because you're in the desk. So like you're in the top, but you have like desk and catering. So like, I don't want to call them cheap seats because it's like, you got a table. You're like, you know, everything's all like, you know, set up very nicely for you to connect and plug your stuff. I love that stuff. You know, I I don't mind sitting all the way at the top as long as I get to have my laptop with me. The only time I had to sit in the cheap, cheap seats for WB was, I think it was for the, what was I there for at Barclays Center? It might've been the Hall of Fame. I think I was mm. there for the Hall of Fame and I had the cheap seats there. Nope, nope, I was wrong. It wasn't the Hall of Fame. It was NXT. It was NXT TakeOver. That's what I was at the top for. And that was brutal, my friend. And I mean, I, we were so close to the wall that I actually couldn't take a selfie of all three of us with the ring in the background because I can <laughs> because my arm would just hit the wall. Like I, I, There was no way for me to extend my arm out far enough to take a selfie of me, Ollie, and Laurie with the ring behind us. Oh, no. Then you should have just done it with the wall behind you. But you know what? They're just a plain wall. That's not very good for the old uh, Insta. Very good for the social media. I mean, everybody's like... gonna know that you're at the event. People know what these walls look like. Oh, I mean, yeah. It was like, man, is that the wall of of Wembley SSE? And I'm like, yeah, it is. That's right, guys. There you go. No, it's it's crazy. Like, I feel very passionate about certain arenas and their layouts, and where you're sitting, yeah. and all of that. But anyway, kind of like back to the point we're making, like, and you're right, like these seven dollar tickets that they're trying to sell aren't gonna be they're the limited views, they're not gonna be great seats anyway. But the idea and the kind of the point that Meltzer is making that in previous AEW shows, those would have still sold and would have sold at better prices because people just want to be in the building for this. But the demand in the secondary market for this has not been as strong for something like Double or Nothing or Revolution or anything like that. And I, I really do think that that speaks kind of volumes to Forbidden Door. 
And I think that it's, you know, from what was once a very, very exciting announcement, whether it is just it's the card is not what people wanted it to be, or it's not the card that people expected it to be, or the people that dreamed of it being, or whether it's just super shows aren't the big draw that we may think that they are. No, like maybe- I don't think that's it. That's not the reason. It's not th- It's not that super shows aren't the big job. I still think they are. I think it's just the, 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 it was just the card personally and the lack of certain stars. That to me is what impacted this show. I, I, I think don't the think lack it of was stars the- really has hurt. Sorry? I think the lack of stars really has hurt the show. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't think it's the... Because the point was already proven that joint shows work at the beginning when they freaking sold out and all of that. That point was already proven that joint shows do work literally by the sole interest of like purchasing tickets you like you said having that feeling of wanting to be in the building that point was proven it works now it's just like okay how do you follow up on that that's it well that's the question we have is like is this a one-time deal because the next thing we're going to have to be looking at when you know in the next month or so is the buy rate for this on pay-per-view because you'd imagine, I I would have thought like I I'm, I think I may be way off base on here, but my assumption on this was because my the ex- example I was looking at previously was Invasion, which was WWF versus WCW, and that is how WWF pitched the show. It wasn't really that because it was a bunch of top name WWF guys versus Billy Kidman and a bunch of nobodies, Chuck Palumbo, you know, for example, like you know Raven and, and these sorts of people. It wasn't the big WWF versus WCW show. However the buy rate for it was astronomically high. It was bigger than most WrestleManias. It was a huge, huge draw for them. So for my thinking then, with New Japan and the popularity of New Japan and the popularity of AEW at the moment, I would have expected this show to do better than Double or Nothing or better than Revolution. But like maybe I, I'm now starting to think that I might be way off base on that. And we should actually expect this to do either the same or slightly less. I don't know. I think I'm kind of expecting a little slightly less, but we could be surprised. We could be completely surprised. So like I do these giveaways and this is not really like a, this is not a great system of like being like, oh, this is the interest in a pay-per-view, but I do these giveaways for, you know, giving free, like allowing people to get a free shot at a free pay-per-view, right? Usually those get like around 1100 retweets. This one for Forbidden Door got the most ever. It was like over 1500. So I'm like either... Everybody wants it for free because no one's willing to pay for it. (laughs) Or there's more interest in the pay-per-view. So take that for what you will. That's my system. How many retweets did this show get? Oh, nobody's interested. I don't know. It's a terrible system. This is what Meltzer wrote about here. It's like, uh, how the show does is totally up to conjecture. There is no comparable show past the 1995 Starcade show in Nashville, which was WCW and New Japan's combination event. And even then, it was very different since the top matches were Ric Flair versus Sting versus Lex Luger and the winner of that facing Randy Savage. New Japan talent worked the undercard against WCW talents, but they were not in a money position on the show. By the standards of 1995, the buy rate was very bad for a Starcade. But there is far more interest and knowledge of New Japan wrestlers today than in 1995 due to New Japan World access and years of ROH and AEW exposure of many of them. The Chicago ticket number and the reactions to Okada and Tanahashi would not have happened in the 1990s. But this show is about learning from a ship traveling in uncharted waters. If it doesn't do well, there may not be another. If it does do well, there should be another. 
even if it doesn't do well, the idea of Akada, Zack Sabre Jr., Osprey, White, Tanahashi, and the others doing more in AEW is sound since they're exposed and can be brought in for dream matches and programs, just as they use Suzuki, Kenta, and Ishii in the past. So I suppose that basically to my next question is like, if this show isn't a success, and we don't like do we do this again because tony Carter said he wants this to be an annual event do we do forbidden door two next year yes my answer is completely and totally yes because of the factors that we mentioned i almost feel like you again we don't know all of their original ideas you know like there was a whole other concept oh. of ideas that were supposed to happen and so it kind of feels like okay you know what like maybe the first date Things went a little bit wrong because things were out of our control. But I still like you. Let's go on a second date, you know? Let's make let's go to a better place. You know what? Let's make sure this all works out. So I still think, even if this pay-per-view does, like, okay, I still think that they should do a second one because, again, I already said, like, the point was already proven that people were interested in the idea and the concept of a joint show between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's just that we were, you know, that – you know, shit happens. Life happens, man. Like things happen, Luke. Sorry, <laughs> things oh, happen, Luke. I, I I saw the show you did with Adam. Don't think I didn't see that show. I got the feedback from that show, Denise. <laughs> Pardons, pardon. You know, I will say this, Luke. You are the most strict person on this podcast. Everybody was so cool about it. Everybody was like, whatever, like, let's vibe. And you were like, no, you're grounded, Denise. You said a curse word. You can't breathe for the next three hours. I've never said you were grounded. I've just been told the way that we've always been told, and where YouTube keeps telling us is, is don't do it because if you're you do just it, then in we dad go. mode, Luke. You're in dad mode. You were like ready to like ground me, stop me from going to prom. I mean, you name it, it was happening all because I said one little word. And there it is. Tim has just said, "Has Denise sworn yet?" There it is, my friend. She's or she's literally just done it. Life happens. Life, life happens. I apologize. Life happens. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, I would like to, I'd love to see another show like this because I'd like to see the Forbidden Door show they wish they could have done this time round with people like Punk, with Danielson, with uh, MJF, with Omega. Like, I, my bold prediction I had when this thing was first announced that one of our angles is going to be Kenny Omega makes his return at this show and he has a face-off with Akada and they announce Omega Akada 5 at, at Forbidden Door 2. And you basically do a whole year's worth of promotion and build it around that, right? Like, that was kind of, like, my big prediction. And I still think that they may do that. They could. Um, they, and I, I, you know, I think that they, there's every chance that they do. And I, I think that if the other side of this is, is that is there actually a better argument to be made that you don't do Forbidden Door 2 and you instead just do dream matches throughout various other pay-per-views. So like at All Out, you do Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Rather than doing waiting until Forbidden Door next year. And here's the thing too, like you mentioned the thing about Kenny Omega. Uh, what what do we know about like the last, what's the common thing that we've been seeing on pretty much like every single major AW pay-per-view? There's always surprises. Tony loves to throw in these surprises. That could possibly be a surprise. I mean, I don't know. It could even be just something of like, oh, here he is. Surprise. I don't know. You know, Tony likes to yeah. do surprises. Well, I mean, we are going to be, he does like surprisements and we are getting one at this weekend as well. Do you have any predictions for Brian's replacement? Oh, that's right. There you go. Um, I don't know. Everybody's saying Cesaro or Johnny Gargano. I'm not over the moon about either of those two options. Not what? to be like, 
I know I'm just a negative Nancy. I just like suck the fun out of everything. I just don't think that, oh my God, I would be that person, but I just don't think that that's a big enough match for me. I'm sorry. Cesaro yeah, versus yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. Yes. Man, like that. I mean, it's funny. We were chatting about this yesterday and kind of like the chat reaction there was like, if it's not Claudio, if it's anyone other than Claudio, it's a disappointment. Like, because I, mean, I, I don't I feel the, like that. I don't well, feel I post, like that. I post the idea of it being Gresham. And I and I actually think that Gresham versus Zack Sabre Jr. would probably be the better match because Gresham's incredible and like Zack Sabre Jr. is one, legit one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet. But I don't know if Gresham has got that big name value to be a replacement for a Brian Danielson. It's just it's not a dream match for me. I'm sorry. You know, I'll be no. the heel. I don't care. Do you like? I mean, because you don't like Zack matches anyway, right? No, I do. I do. Oh, okay. But I just don't think that I would be so like. <gasps> Oh my god! Well, About I will be. I well, I you go I be that, Luke. Well, I well, you I will be, be that, that. Okay, I will be that, Denise. No, I'm tired. This is my <laughs> whole thing. I'm tired of everybody here in the wrestling world having to be identical twins. I get excited about different things, and so should the person next to me. If you want to be excited about it, go for it. If I want to well, be excited will. about something else, or just be like, you know, mediocre about something, let me do that. I don't need to I'm be not, twins with everybody. I've got nothing against you being excited. Yeah, for you that. were I'm all like, like <gasps> and I was no, like, I'm, I'm more shocked that you're not excited, like excited about Claudio possibly going into AEW. That was more because, like, that's a really ex for, like for me. I feel like that's a really exciting thing. But like, you're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't then project that upon you and ask you to also Luke, get me excited about that. Here's the thing, though. We already got like. A hundreds of guys on the AEW roster that I got excited for, and I'm excited for them being there. And like they have more than enough people to keep the excitement going. Uh, we don't Denise. need any more. You see, well, that's why they've just added more belts. Because if they're adding more stars, they just add in more belts. We got like a bunch in from Ring of Honor. Now we've got some new well, new ones from New Japan. Why not do the All Atlantic Championship as well? And we're gonna be getting the trios titles at some point as well when Kenny comes back. We're going to get to the point where we got the Wednesday belt. This is only defended on Wednesdays. <laughs> the Wednesday belt, the Friday belt. I'm pretty sure that's what the TNT title is supposed to be. <laughs> what, the Wednesday belt? Well, you know, I, I thought it was supposed to be like a TV title defended on TNT shows. <laughs> oh, that's true. Whatever. There you go. Well, I don't just know. I'm just wants. trying to be like far. Like, I'm just trying to reach here. Okay. I'm trying to be like overly dramatic. Right. That's why I said a Wednesday belt. Well, I like the idea of the Wednesday belts. Um, uh, dude, I'm totally for it. They could have a big W in the middle. Oh, I mean, yeah, but there may be there may be some people who would think that's slightly similar to Oh shit, I for <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what the W could the W by itself could stand for. I have hold on, hold on. <laughs> You have literally one right there. I have it here. The Wednesday belt. <laughs> okay, it's 8.38 in the morning. I forgot. That's all right, my friend. Do you know, like, do you know, speaking of this forgetting This is not the things, WWE belt. This is the Wednesday belt. Speaking of forgetting things, I was going through, I was like creating some groups in uh, YouTube analytics to like sort of, you know, see how sort of the shows are doing in this and the other. I was going through the pay-per-view predictions we've done this year, and I saw the graphic for Elimination Chamber and I went, Bobby Lashley was WWE champion? When did that happen? Luke, I he was a champion for a huge amount of time. No, no, no. I mean, this year, 
He was champion yeah. this year. I completely forgot he was champion. Oh, yeah. This, this year. year he was champion for like a, a hot minute. Yeah. He was, was right like, before. Who did he lose it to? Was it Brock? He lost no. it to Brock in the chamber. It was, it was he, to Brock. Yeah, he, yeah. He beat Brock for it at the Rumble. Yeah, I remember that. Come on, Luke. I was just looking at that and I was like, huh, I have no memory of Bobby Lashley being WWE champion in 2022. By the way, the answer is always Brock. If you're like, who pinned this person? <laughs> it was Brock. It was it was between January and April. It was probably Brock. <laughs> <laughs> who beat your who beat your stratus for the title? Brock Lesnar. <laughs> probably Brock that won it. <laughs> That's gonna be my answer for everything now. Brock Lesnar. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, well, let's get into your uh, ultra chats on this subject. Join the conversation. It's rustledog.com forward slash support. Will Campbell kicks things off saying, Morning, guys. After all the injury news, I think TK would be well within his right to wrap everyone in bubble wrap and lock them in their hotel rooms until Sunday. I don't think I've seen any sort of a wrestling event this snake bit in recent memory. Last one I can think of is that 
TLC show where Roman had to go out and like Bray Wyatt had to go out or you know things like that that's the last one I can really think of on Wednesday I was telling my fiance because it was the day that the Brian Danielson announcement was made and I was like hey do you think the show's cursed and I was like <laughs> oh I'm just being over dramatic right like come on like it's being over dramatic right and then the next day no yesterday when the Ishii thing came out everybody on my comments was like this show's cursed this show's cursed and I was like <laughs> I was thinking that I just didn't want to say it because I didn't want to sound too like you know weird witchcrafty about it all yeah i, I didn't want to sound like like a psycho person who believes in curses but i kind of do a little bit when the announcement came out about ishii i was like this show is cursed like because you you thought we went through all of the injuries and nope also ishii is now being replaced with clark cars i'm like so, come on guys so everybody was thinking it nobody was just actually saying no one was it. saying it uh, Ten Rosen said, Forbidden Door is going to be so much fun. I can see there being surprises and announcement for future shows. Great matches, a huge crowd, and an amazing atmosphere. It's a shame with the injuries. Please, Kenny Omega, make an appearance. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to see Kenny Omega on the show in some capacity. Um, that guy Kenny says, hey, first time Ultra Chatter here. After watching the last review, I decided to buy this pay-per-view. In my opinion, critics are being harsh. I've never watched New Japan, but I've always heard it was great. I think they're doing the best they can build-wise, and I'm excited to see New Japan stars. So that's actually a point that Meltzer brought up in the thing, which is like that AEW haven't done a good job of establishing these guys or like introducing these wrestlers to the wider audience. But he also said at the same time, it's too many people to introduce at any at one point. So like, there's not enough TV time for Matt to have a video package for Hiromu Takahashi. And well, there's not Takagi enough TV and... time for the AEW talent. Exactly right. So we're now we're trying to introduce like ten new guys that, like through video packages, like or or promo times. So there's not enough time on the show to do all of that. So I think Tony Khan is kind of resting on the fact that people i think most of the people who watch aew maybe 80 85 percent know who these people are already and will just be excited because we've said their names yep i think it's also <laughs> going to be like i'm just i'm just trying to see this from a perspective of like okay so let's say that like somebody's like okay i don't know who Hiromu is right and then he comes out and, you know, he does, you know, he's part of this, this uh, freaking, what is it? Eight men. Yeah. Eight man. Uh, you know, he comes out and, you know, he does his spectacular moves and that could be enough to have somebody be. And then you see this with a bunch of other guys that do, you know, whatever they do. And you can see that and be like, oh, shit, like, damn, there's something there. Oh, damn. Sorry. Look, <laughs> damn it. I can't do this show anymore. And you said that my heart wasn't in this show. Oh, I give up on life. Frankenfoot said, my wife and I are not familiar with New Japan talent, just by name and reputation. We're definitely getting this pay-per-view. It's our first match uh, with New Japan talent match after match. We support AEW and we're proof that some fans also are coming through the door for the first time. Uh, Hawk the Outcast said, I think what really hurt the build for this show, apart from the injuries, was the lack of integration. Have Cole help Jay win the IWGP championship? Have ELP help the Bucks win the tag team titles? Make it more about Bullet Club taking over the show. I have a theory. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist now. It's my new gimmick. Oh, okay, I like this. Okay, so you know how you and I were talking about these comments that we get where people are like, I don't know if I should buy the pay-per-view. And then you <sighs> know how I said there's people that like it depends on like the general mood and if you plant the seeds that like all of a sudden this is not a worthy show what if 
it's the WWE bot accounts. And they're yes. like, they've assumed new identities. You're saying and they're that like, it's the bots. It's, it's the, the bots. The evidence is pointing. I've got hard evidence to show it's all the bots that hate AEW. It's, they're just upset because, you know, AEW is going to get the Wednesday bout. <laughs> <laughs> With the big W. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's my theory. <laughs> oh man, it's, it's just WWE planting them stories again. It's like, you know, they were the ones that contacted Domino's. You know, they were the ones who were like dobbing them in. They're the ones who were leaking all of the Rampage Fast National numbers. Maybe they did witchcraft on the pay-per-view. They went to like one of those oh. like people and they were like, here's a picture of AW's logo. Here's a, here's a, here's a shred of a ticket stub. Go do the witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Making little voodoo dolls of everyone. Little Tomohiro yeah. Ishii voodoo doll stabbing him in the knee. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you. It's a thing. Uh, Hawk the Outcast continues, said, uh, love the idea of announcing Akata Omega 5 a year in advance, giving Kenny plenty of time to rehab and stay in storylines, interrupting his training for a match to deal with the JSA or another roadblock around pay-per-view time. Thank you for the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing, actually, I just want to say that I'm really excited about for the show because he just reminded me that Kevin Kelly's doing commentary. So uh, already it's a five out of five show for me. Uh, I if, it, if the commentary team is just Kevin Kelly and Excalibur, I will be super duper happy. Yeah, that'd be good. But, you know, they're going to do more than that. Yeah, they'll have six guys on commentary. Yeah, like, I was gonna say they're going to have like 50. Do you remember when, like, WWE sort of about ten years ago, when ECW was still a thing, and they have like would have like ECW wrestlers involved in the Royal Rumble, and they would have the Raw commentary team and the SmackDown commentary team and the ECW commentary team. There's like, oh, there's and too the many Spanish people. Commentary and, team. And, and, <laughs> like, there's too many commentators here, and they're all shouting over each other. And Cole and like JBL are arguing with Taz. I'm like, nope, this is too much. This is officially now too much to watch. Yeah, you know what I like for. Like, oh, is it wrestle like yeah for WrestleMania? I like when they show they don't do the they didn't do this last time though, huh? When they, they show well, all of the commentators, they go they go down that line. It's like the French commentary team and the German commentary team. They didn't do they... it for the last one. Did they do it for the one before? No, obviously not. Never mind. Did yeah, they do it I for think... the one where it rained? I guess it's because it's flying people in. You know, it's it's pandemic era, still not letting people come in that's and that and the other, just like trying to keep you know, trying to be as safe as possible. Maybe that's why. Oh, I miss that. I like that. Yeah. I get so excited. I'm like, oh, that's got... who does the French commentary. That's it's who how does we got the to Italian. see Funaki. We got to see Funaki on every pay per view yeah. doing the Japanese commentary. I like um, it. I like that. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the intro. It's a good time to also go to the toilet as well because what? well, it's a good point to celebrate. They're not doing any wrestling on there. It's just a long no, entrance for Alexa Bliss. It's a Alexa good time Bliss. to practice can... languages, Luke. <laughs> no, it's not Denise. You don't know what they're saying. Yeah, but I mimic it. <laughs> That's how I learn, Luke. I was going to say, this is like Andy Datsun once told me. One of the first things he told me when he started working for us, he was like, I can sing Let It Go by Frozen in 46 different languages. What? And I'm like, and I'm like, whoa, that's super impressive. I was like, can you do it? And he was like, no. Okay, so I watched a YouTube video where someone did sing it in 46 different languages, and I'm really good at imitating that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so, so you can't sing it in 46 different languages then. <laughs> Okay, I was about to say he can do that. That's what I, I was, was so like, amazed. Oh, like, it's amazing! Like, oh no, you're just you're copying someone else's work. Uh, I mean, okay, if he's like hitting play and pause, and he's like, uh. <laughs> oh, Denise, you got to be careful with those sort of tongue maneuvers, my friend. This is the internet. And hold on, hold on, I got to rephrase. This is the wrestling internet. 
Exactly. It's even worse. Find it. Let it go. Hold on. Dejalo ir. Dejalo ir. I don't know what the Spanish let it go version sounds like. I've never heard it. <laughs> you not just... You know, just do it. Like, you know, well, you know. I don't remember the entire song though. Let it. What's after "Let It Go"? Uh, can't hold it back anymore. Déjalo ir. Ya no lo puedo tener. I don't know. Like, <laughs> damn. I, it's hard. It's hard to translate it. I can't do it. I have to look at it and think about it longer. Okay. Well, Denise, I, when we do our next show together, I'm expecting a full video of you singing "Let It Go" in Spanish. Oh God. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if there's a Spanish version of that. There must be. There must. It's gotta be, be right. Gotta be. Right? I'm pretty sure somebody did it. I mean, I would have thought Disney did it. I bet you, like Disney, have got Espanol versions of all of their classic oh, yeah. songs. Yeah, that makes sense. I just yeah. haven't heard it. Yeah, I reckon I if you go, I bet if you go onto Disney Plus, it's probably got a language option on there, and you just switch it over to Espanol. Yeah, but I still go. think that song's in English, though. Why would it be in <sighs> Spanish? I still think it's in English. Mm, I don't know. The song's a song, Luke. I don't think they translate the songs. Well, I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I'm I'm a white British guy. I have listened to one. <laughs> I've listened to one track my whole life. I was like, well, I already know what they're saying. Like, I don't need to have this translated in any other language for me. I just don't think they translate the songs. <laughs> maybe they don't. Um, Mr. Pure Sarcasm said, "I've been to uh, every AEW show near Chicago, and I am going to this event. I'm really looking forward to it. But maybe now paying two hundred dollars for good seats for this cursed event, there is a bit of regret there." How much did he pay? Two hundred bucks. Oh, I paid eight hundred dollars for my airplane ticket and three hundred dollars for my hotel. So I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. I get mad too. I don't even want to talk about it. Are, are you going to the show? Yeah. I didn't know you were going to the show. Because you, you haven't been here out. talking to me. No, I knew you were flying out somewhere. I didn't realize you were flying to Chicago. Why would, okay, where would I be flying out for this weekend? Like the Bahamas? Could have been. You might have been going on holiday. You're about to get <laughs> married. Maybe you like need a, a weekend away. I know and why I would did. I pick this weekend of all weekends? Like, oh, yes, I'm just going to go to Hawaii. You might have booked it in advance. You didn't know the show was going to be announced. It was only announced a few no. weeks ago. Maybe you were just like, no, I booked this in advance. Luke, I just no. happened to be going away this weekend. No, I just don't do things like that. Oh, Although no. I am late, I am going to do that for Survivor Series. I'm, I'm ditching Survivor Series this year. <laughs> well, I mean, most everyone WWE do. You may as well join them. I thought about it. I was like, because because my fiance was like, "Hey, Denise, like, let's go on vacation because it's a four day weekend." And I was like, "He's all, but he's all. Are you willing to miss Survivor Series?" And I was like, "Well, it's Survivor Series, and the last couple of years have told me I didn't really need to watch it. So yeah, I'll miss Survivor Series." <laughs> so i am missing that show that's the only show i'm missing this year that's like you know yeah that's why i'm so stoked for august there's no pay-per-views in august it's like my wife and i've got like free reign to just pick any week to take off oh wow i didn't even realize that are you sure yeah, yeah there's no yeah because like, summer slams in july so there's yeah. nothing in august and then it's not until september where you've got clash of clans and then uh all out the day after oh yeah you're right yeah yeah look at that busy weekend though uh dj miller said honestly if forbidden door was booked under the all-out pay-per-view then being rushed in the middle of the year they would have had more time to build a perfect pay-per-view overall i may watch it this weekend well, that's an interesting idea actually it's rather than it being a separate pay-per-view it's just all out is all out forbidden door you know who's going to tune into this pay-per-view everybody who has fomo oh you're i suffer from fomo do you suffer from fomo 
Uh, I I do with certain things. Like when I watch episodes of No Rolls Bar plays Blood in the Clock Tower that I'm not in, I get FOMO then. And I get FOMO for Board Game Club because I just I like playing board games uh, and particularly with my friends. Uh, but I've never had FOMO for a wrestling event. Yeah, see, but you may have some people may have FOMO for it. Like I would if I was if I was in the Bahamas, like you thought I was gonna be on vacation or something, I would have had FOMO. I'd be like, damn, I want to watch the show. You're missing um, out, bro. Ten Rosa said, Denise, you're a mad woman. Luke getting that dad brain forgetting things. Justice for Will. Denise screwed Will. I hope TK gives uh, as good as he gets, and I hope that Wrestle Kingdom gets some star power for it. Still hopeful we can get it get they can get better between AEW and New Japan. Because that was actually the point that Ollie made on, on yesterday's broadcast, which is that like, hey, Forbidden Door 2 could be next year, but also like what if the deal between AEW and New Japan falls through and we don't get that Forbidden Door 2? I want to change my Twitter name to Hollywood Mad Woman. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's what I was thinking about right now. It's like Hollywood Mad Woman kind of has a nice ring to it. Yeah, I like it. The Hollywood Mad Woman. I like uh, it. Jake Salazar said, maybe these aren't our dream matches, but maybe it's the wrestlers and there's a different audience in Japan that probably has other options than us as well. Uh Chris Nolan said, I find it interesting that Fry sent out an email that they announced a $4 price discount for the New Japan AEW pay-per-view for those who subscribe to AEW Plus on Fight. For those that already bought it can get four Fight credits. So maybe it's a push to get more sales. Wait, repeat that. What, are the, what can you do? So, so Fight is how we watch AEW shows here, like the through the Fight app. Uh, they announced today a $4 discount on the pay-per-view. Uh, if, if you've already got the eight... If you've already got the AEW um, Plus subscription, which we have in the office, then you can get four quid off um, buying that, buying the pay-per-view. A four, whole four beautiful dollars. Oh, well, I mean, it's four great British pounds, which I think in American money is probably about 30 bucks because, uh, uh, well, you know, your money sucks. Bro, I was here mocking your four dollars, and all of a sudden, you're... it's not thirty dollars. No, no, no way! It's it's, 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 a, it's like it's about, six. It's like six dollars. It's about six bucks. I was about to say what? That doesn't make any sense. I've been to London. <laughs> well, um, I was like, that does that seems a little outrageous. I I think that it's less about trying to get extra pay per view buys in for this with the the four quid discount. I think it's more because of. The, the the idea with AEW Plus is that also you it's four pay-per-views a year. And so this way it's like because there's now five pay-per-views a year, you get a little bit extra off this one. I I that's that that was kind of my reading on it. Yeah, it's fine. What about us though? We don't get no freaking discount. Well, take it up with uh Bleacher Report. Is that who you should be taking it up with? I don't know. <laughs> what do you do? Who do you watch the pay-per-view through? I'm sick and tired of them freaking charging us for everything around here, man. I'm upset right now. Who, who do you watch the pay-per-view through? Oh, uh, well, when I watch it from home, Bleacher Report, because that's where they or BR Live or whatever the hell the thing yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Take it up with them then. Stop having a go at me. It's not my fault that you're paying for the pay-per-view. No, I'm pissed right now. Get Sean to pay for How it. How come we don't like... have a discount? Sean doesn't pay for shit. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we should have a discount too. Well, as I said, take it up with BR Live. It's not my fault. I don't think uh, who decides the pay-per-view price. AEW, I would have thought. So then shouldn't I take it up with Tony Khan? Well, I mean, are you on the media call today? I'm going to be like, yo, what's up? Where's our <laughs> discount? <laughs> Everyone my else asked about, everyone's asked about Forbidden Door 2 and you're like, yo, Tony, can I get a discount on this one? <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
<laughs> That'd be funny if that's like the first question. Yo, Tony Khan. <laughs> In that voice too. Yo, Tony Yo, Khan, Tony where's Khan. my discount? <laughs> 50 bucks for this pay-per-view. I just paid 50 bucks for the last pay-per-view. No, I'm going to go cut a promo and be like, I got rent prices, gas prices. Every week on groceries, I spend this amount. I can't pay $50 for a pay-per-view. It's $5 a gallon, Tony. Have you even filled your car up recently? It's like nearly $8 a gallon for gas here. Dude, we don't have gallons here. All, all I know is it's currently like, there's nearly two quid a liter here, which is insane. I don't know what that money. is, Luke. One pound. I went to. The, I filled my car up the other day. It was one pound ninety one per liter. Cost me like sixty quid to fill my car up. I was fuming. Luke, I don't know any of the words you just used right now. <laughs> <laughs> quid, well, anyway. liter, all of this. I don't. Nah. We do gallons here and dollars, please. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. We'll do everything in pounds as well, like weights. Yes, pounds, pounds. Thank you, miles. Thank you. <laughs> we do things in miles. I know. I thought you guys did the other one, kilometers like, or something. I don't know. It's it's miles. I know. You guys like, did I, miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I have like it's our roads is fifty miles an hour. What? Yeah. No, but when you we, say like, oh, it's two miles away. Do you say two yeah, miles away, two, or do you say yeah, like about two miles away? Really? I thought yeah. you guys did kilometers or we, something. No, we're we're a very mixed place because we also do kilometers, we also do inches and yards, we also do like ounces and pounds. We we do all we do all sorts of things. You guys just make it too complicated. You guys drive on the <laughs> wrong side of the road. I mean, like all of this. I hate it. Yeah, well, I think you're wrong. <laughs> uh, Charlie, brand new member. Thank you so much for joining our community. And Zephyr, who's been a member for 11 months, says, WWE has disappointed me for years. I think I'll be disappointed by a single match on this card. I'll be at Detroit in person, AEW. Uh, Dart Train 24 says, Denise, I need to know, is Grandma Spoon? <laughs> Were you here for that, Luke? Did you see that? When uh, Was I where for where? Well, we had a, a, a Tempest and I had a whole conversation about drugs on this show. <laughs> and he was talking to me about a gram and I was like, well, can you describe what a gram is to me? And I said, is it one spoon? Is it two spoons? And then Tempest broke on the Internet, like broke. He couldn't host this show anymore. He couldn't. Oh, he broke. He malfunctioned. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, we also do tablespoons of things of like sizes and stuff. You know, it's like it's one teaspoon of cumin. I'm out. <laughs> I hate all this stuff. Uh, Jay Drazinski says, Hi, Luke and Denise. Luke, could you show off that Ghostbusters shirt you're wearing? What's your favorite song off the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack? This is a very old T-shirt, actually. I wasn't really meant to be wearing this one today. It's my uh, Ecto-1, like, manual T-shirt. Oh, I, I love the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack. It's Oh, it's a great soundtrack. It's a yeah. really, really good soundtrack. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. What's your favorite song on it? Track number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for real, though, it's, it's the Run DMC Ghostbusters track. I absolutely love that song. Um, I don't watch Ghostbusters. I didn't well, even know there was a soundtrack. I didn't even know there was a movie. <laughs> None of it. There was a movie. Jake Salazar said, also, Denise, I need three spoons of cocaine and five spoons of weed. Thank you for your service. Please get back to me at your earliest convenience. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. You forgot. So, Luke, you missed out. I'm now a drug pusher. Sorry. I'm I just this very bad influence weeks. on this podcast. I leave this show for a few weeks. Uh, Luke, you're Charlie, glitching. I don't know how to I tell know. you this. 
I don't oh, know no, if other I've people are seeing this, here. but you're like everyone is. Everyone's watching it. Uh, like my my laptop is really starting to crap out on me here, and I'm like, <laughs> you look like you have the exorcist inside of you. Well, I tell you, we tell you what I look like, and this is only a reference that a handful of people are going to understand. I look like Max Headroom. I look exactly like Max Headroom at times. Like that is that is. I was watching it there on the side screen. That is what Max Headroom does, and it is just like it is. Uh, my internet is crapping out a little bit. My laptop is crapping out a little bit. I'm also running the stream, and I'm running the stream here. It, it's it's a whole thing. Bro, I thought that the Camucho came to get you. I was like, he's done. They got him. <laughs> Let's start throwing holy water on him. <laughs> uh, and lastly, Sheldon Jackson here said, curious to know, do you think they'll do a separate joint event in Japan or just put it on a Wrestle Kingdom card? Ooh, that'd be fun. Mm. What yeah, if so next like time a they do AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door, but in Japan? I well, I I wouldn't think that's out of the realms of possibility. Is that the, the next Forbidden Door is in Japan? Um, I hope but they I also don't do it till I get my passport. I also don't think it's out of reference for uh, out of um, uh, out of step for AEW to, to have a match at Wrestle Kingdom. You know, maybe like an AEW World Championship match, maybe an All Atlantic Championship match between whoever is the champion versus someone from New Japan. I could certainly see them doing that. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I would like that idea. Come on, like we have an opportunity. Let's get creative. Let's think outside the box. Well, that is going to wrap it up. Thank you all so much for your uh, ultra chats. And thank you so much for joining us here on this show. Denise, uh, the floor is yours. Please plug away. What have you got coming up? Um, well, I have a lot coming up. I promote everything on Twitter. So uh, please go follow me on Twitter at underscore Denise Salcedo. If you guys haven't followed me, head on over there because I'm trying to get to 100K before the end of the year. And it's really, really hard uh so go there um on top of that youtube.com slash denise salcedo that's the place to be that's my channel and i'm so close luke so close to sixty thousand subscribers and i know that's a little bit for all of you british boys but for me it's a lot i think it's a great that's a great achievement i think that's an amazing achievement in fact oh don't mock me luke i'm not don't mocking mock you me. like this channel here's got like sixty thousand subs like that's a really good yeah achievement. but my channel's been around longer okay that's just sad yeah, no but we've also we had like you had a base of like eight hundred thousand people to send across to this channel so like i i think 60, I don't like have 60 eight hundred thousand. well that's people. what i'm and that's what i mean that's why i think that it's a really impressive achievement i'm not well, mocking at all i'm gonna take it as mocking luke <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. actually, <laughs> Denise, you know, the last time we did a show together and you were talking about like you trying to get to your uh, Twitter milestone goals of like how many followers you've got. And I said, well, I've got 31,000 subscribers, right? Uh -huh. I've got 31,000 31, followers on Twitter. Still? I can, now, I can now tell you as of two weeks ago, I have 32,000 followers on Twitter. Amazing, Luke. You're just, you're just, you're working so great. I love it. Oh. I had two tweets that did. I got like three and a half thousand likes and it really pushed me over. Amazing. Where was I trying to get to the last time you and I were talking? I think you were still pushing the 100,000 thing. Oh, well, I'm still going to be pushing it the whole year. Yeah, well, I, have that's a, fun. I have a plan, like a strict plan, like goals trip? and stuff. And I'm behind right now. I'm really, I'm really like dropping the ball right now. Well, I mean, everyone go and follow Denise Salcedo on Twitter. It's an excellent follow on Twitter. Like, did you hear she was retweeting a retweet thing where you can get like free pizza and stuff and like free pizza? Well, I'm like advisor. amazing on Twitter. I got, <laughs> yes. Yeah, like just saying, like pretty soon, watch. Uh, and also, Will Washington deserved better. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Will. You know what? Will's a big giant baby face right now. So you're welcome, Will. <laughs> I went into the office the next day and Adam said, how was the show last night? And I was like, 
Oh, Adam. <laughs> you should have seen it. Okay, so I need to have a conversation with Adam because I need to know what he thought and if he's going to allow me to host <laughs> Quizlemania again because I have an idea. Oh, oh, do you now? I, I can yes, tell I you do. This. I can tell you this. He did not like the money in the bank thing. Okay, well, I don't he, care he hates, what he, he likes. Automatic win. He hates automatic win things. So like he, was hey, not... he allowed me the freedom. He didn't give me any rules. He didn't say, hey, Denise, you must do this. Okay, well, I want to do Christmas Quizzlemania. Oh, you want to do the big fat Quizzlemania of the year? Yeah, but I want to do it like, yeah, that's my plan. Okay. How many do you guys do for for December? Well, we do one? once. We do we do one a month. Oh, so, like, Adam ain't gonna let me have that. Yeah, so our December one is the big fat Quizlemania of the year. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a real issue camera here. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm actually gonna see if I can switch up this camera and go back okay. to my uh I'll just go back to this one. Look at that. There you go. It's now smooth as butter. You see you yep. try you try and upgrade with a fancy Logi camera and all it does doesn't work mm -hmm. out for you. Makes me yep. look like a damn fool online. Been there. <laughs> uh, so Denise, are you looking forward to your flight tomorrow? Are you looking forward to your trip to no. Chicago? No, I'm not. I'm not. I got an early flight. My plane leaves at 5:30 a.m., so I have to be there. I think like what 3:30 to the airport, which means I have to leave my house like at three. I'm not looking forward to that. I don't know why I booked it so early. I hate myself. I make just I just make dumb decisions. Why? Uh, how long is a flight from uh, LA out to Chicago? Um, I think it's like six hours. Oh, it's too long. It's I America's it's America's hours. too big. America's I know, just too I hate big. It. Like we uh, we expensive. were talking about this. We were talking about this on the show yesterday. Uh, that like someone said, oh, it's um, it, Chicago is just down the road from me. It's about three hours away. And I'm like, three hours away, like, is not just down the road here. That's like, I can get basically to the top of the country in three hours if I left my house at a good time. I'm going to end up really well with the traffic. I could get most of the way up the M6. I could get towards Liverpool in three hours. And that's like really in the top northwest. Wow. See, that sucks. That sucks for us. Because you guys <laughs> get to see more of the land than we do. Six hours? I could do a whole loop around Liverpool and get back to Kent <laughs> quite easily. <laughs> And no, I had to pay $800 to go to Chicago. So, ugh. And you got to go to Chicago as well, which man, no one wants to go to Chicago. I mean, Chicago's fine. It's okay. It's no Los <laughs> Angeles. It's all right. It's There's no like two Los things Angeles. to do there. Just crazy to me. It's crazy to me. I'm like, Chicago's one of the biggest cities. And like when I went, like I, I was very disappointed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was a little disappointed in the city. They had like the same 10 restaurants. <laughs> I'm like, guys, mix it up a little bit. Like, where's the yeah. food? Maybe I was going to say, the wrong like, area. I don't know. You, but And you and I are very similar in that sense, though. Like, if I go to somewhere new, I want to try the food. I want to see what, like, different restaurants you, put, you guys have got going on. Yeah, and it was literally, like, the same restaurants. It was Starbucks and this, like, I forgot what the other place was called, but it was, like, this cupcake place. Those are the only places I was seeing. And I'm like, why are they all the same restaurants? Where are the options? And also, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Chicago does pizza wrong. I, think I don't think that... I had. Oh, yeah, I did have pizza in Chicago. I didn't like it. 
nope, not for me. Not for me. I think you are just doing pizza wrong. Like, it's not the way to be doing pizza. It doesn't need to be a casserole. It's need, there needs to be an, a regular ass pizza. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's just it's hard. Honestly, it's hard because, you know, living in Los Angeles, there's just so much. And anytime I go any place else, I'm just so thankful when I to California, when I go back home. Well, we actually had an email in, uh, Denise. From? Um, from a, a guy named Chris, uh, who said, uh, firstly, I want to thank you all for the hard work that you and the Rest Talk family do to entertain people on a daily basis. Not a lot of time goes into, an effort goes into every video, and I want you to know it's appreciated. I was recently catching up with some old podcast, and I heard you saying that if Denise Salcedo came over to the UK, you guys would go to Blackpool. I have lived and worked in Blackpool for over a decade and can and do so heartily recommend some places to eat as there's a lot in Blackpool that can be taken from sifting through to find somewhere good. So without further ado, here's a list of good places to eat. And here senses legit like 10 to 15 different places that you can go to if we do ever go to Blackpool. I forgot we said that. I know it was so long ago. That was like back, that was like back when the Blackpool Combat Club was announced. I don't remember this conversation at all, which is kind of terrifying. So I'm like, what other conversations have I had? What have I been saying out there? What am I putting out into the universe? I guarantee you what it was is that we were talking about the Blackpool Combat Club. And then I went on a tear being like, oh, Blackpool, what a place. It's the Las Vegas of the North. And it's this, that, and the other. And I said, like, if you ever come to the UK, I will take you to Blackpool. I don't remember any of this. Nope, don't remember. But I'm still planning on going, though, to London. Oh, when? I don't know. Hopefully by the end of the year. (gasps) Well, that's very exciting. I don't know. Yeah. I'm waiting for my passport. Oh, Christ. Yeah, you need to get that sorted. Yeah. If it comes like if it comes soon, then yeah, I'm going to start planning. But if not, then I'm going to have to wait till next year. Did you have to go get a new photo taken? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I messed up. So I, I sent my papers in, but I did a digital signature and I didn't know you can't do a dig- digital signature. So they sent us the letter back and they were like, you have to redo the application. And I was like, oh, so then I redid the application, but now I haven't heard back from them. So I'm like, okay, mm. did you get my, did you even get my application? Who knows? How was your photo? How did that come back? Cause no one ever looks good in a passport photo. I just look like a pumpkin. Like my face looks like a pumpkin face. It's you mean terrible. it looks like a pumpkin face? Yeah, because I always smile and I have really big cheeks. So then by the time, and then they make you put your hair back. So you have to show your ears and then the big smile. I look like You're a not, pumpkin. Are you allowed to smile? So in the UK, we're not allowed to smile in photos. Like if what? you have a hint of a smile, then they just send it back to you. You've got to be like straight face down the lens. Just be like. No, like, they let us smile like- here. Yeah, you can't have an expression on your face for a UK God. passport photo. They're just so mean there, sucking the fun <laughs> out of your life. <laughs> yeah, the UK is mean. It, it's, it's been said many times, but we are mean. Did a lot of colonization, then we did a lot of taking over, a lot of empire yeah. stuff, and we are just very mean people. That is very true. <laughs> Uh, have you got anything else exciting coming up soon apart from going to Chicago? No, besides that, I come back and I'll be back in LA for maybe four days and then I got to go to Las Vegas for Money in the Bank. Man, you are a busy, busy person. I am not watching Money in the Bank live and I am kind of like, well, I'm doing all the other, I've done like so many shows live this year. I don't think you'll be really missing anything. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, they've had to move it to a smaller stadium because it weren't selling well. And, uh, you know, that's also missing a lot of star power, actually, with like everyone either injured or they're Roman Reigns. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. But you know uh, what? I said I was going to go and I'm a lady of my word. 
uh denise that's one of my favorite things about you but like, we need to get out of here denise you go enjoy the rest of your day thank you all so much for listening we're back tomorrow it is pete and sullivan bow brown doing the smackdown review and then on monday ollie and i will be doing a no no is it ollie and i Yes, I think it is Olivia Davis and I doing a review of Forbidden Door. So tune in for that. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.